welcome to Escaping Gusturberus, the podcast where we rewatch, reminisce, and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to present. My name is Rich, and I'm joined by someone whose introduction will have no impact this week because you will clearly know what I'm going to say. It's Amy. Do they? Come on, calculating. What? Right, we've just watched Love and Monsters, widely regarded as one of the worst episodes of Doctor Who ever, which we'll, we will combat that a bit later, I'm sure. Cough, off of 255, cough. <laughs> yeah. What? Out of everything that happened in this episode, how would I make it some kind of insult about you? Call me fat. <laughs> I mean, that's that, Amy. That's far too easy. You would call me some sort of absorbaloff monster, or you would say the woman who's stuck in concrete while I shag it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was. I would have just said like. I, and, and you know, my name is Rich, and I'm joined by someone who absorbs everything when she enters a room. It's Amy, or absorbs everything when the fridge is open. That's more like or it. Or abs- absorbs everything when she enters the supermarket feeling mildly peckish. Mm, absorbs everything she sees at a buffet. I mean, I, I need to. I feel like I need to lay <laughs> off the buffet jokes. They're getting a bit old. No. Like <laughs> I like a that, buffet. Amy. A, bu- a buffet that's been sitting there for two days, gathering dust and going cold. That's silly. Everything it. is everything <laughs> cold is room temperature. Everything hot is room temperature. There might have been bugs in the sausage rolls. Eh. Don't you shrug sausage at me. Roll you dis- sausage roll. You disgusting young wench. Young? I'm older than you. She is actually. By 28 hours. Yeah, I know. Here she is. <laughs> Cradle snatching. Uh, what? <laughs> but also let's anyway. be honest if i'm going to absorb anything i am literally at a wedding just gonna lay across the table and just roll all the way up the table <laughs> absorb me daddy oh yeah exactly okay oh what you're gonna you're gonna be one of those people that goes to a wedding go and then you know throws themselves onto the buffet table wrecking everything and doing it for the vine are you that kind of person amy I'm just going to stand at the end of the table and just get people to, like, shift the whole tablecloth into my mouth. I'm pretty certain there's a cartoon where somebody, like, lifts the end of a table and just has it all slide yes, into their mouth. that is me. Is that, like, Tom and Jerry or something? Something like that. I don't know. Uh, anyway, on that note... The moral, of the story, moral of the story, guys, don't let Amy near a buffet. She will absorb it. If she comes near your private parts... She won't. What? Ladies and gentlemen, what? welcome what? to Love and Monsters, episode <laughs> number 10 of series two of Doctor Who, broadcast on the 17th of June, 2006. We are kind of keeping up. Mm-hmm. Kind of keeping up with the Ish. dates. We're not, we're, we're actually, we're actually, we're, we're a little bit late, basically. That's well, fine. by about 15 odd years, but yeah. This is, I'm assuming that those of you listening, this is the episode that you have been waiting for since we started this podcast. Because as said, Love and Monsters is supposedly, and by committee, I guess, that I would say the vast majority of people would agree that Love and Monsters is the worst episode of Doctor Who ever made. I wouldn't Amy, say worst. Your thoughts? No. Um, I'd say very low <laughs> but i wouldn't yeah. say worst <laughs> up until up until last year that was the low bar mm-hmm. that was the lowest bar in doctor Who. however there have been episodes that have 
eked their way down to being like, well, that was a load of rubbish. And then <laughs> last year, we got we got the big one. We got Orphan 55. We got that. Orphan 55 <laughs> oh, in Series 12, which is... Dive. It's it's abysmal. It's it's absolutely abysmal, and it is it's definitely ranked lower than Love of Monsters. I in think my the difference between Orphan Fifty Five and Love of Monsters. By the way, to anybody who doesn't know what Orphan Fifty Five is, because of the fact that we no do spoilers. have people listening. No, no, no. I'm not going to spoil anything. Yeah. I was just going to say because we have people listening who haven't watched past Matt Smith, as we discovered due to the poll on Twitter. Um, if you haven't watched Orphan Fifty Five in Jody's series, oh. Boy, you are in for a treat. Yeah. Um, it's 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 worse for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not well, similar episodes by any stretch. That's what I was about to say. I think the difference between Love and Monsters and Orphan 55 is that Love and Monsters purposely does not take itself seriously. Like, it no. was a child's Which competition is, on Blue Peter to design a monster, and they created an episode based around this monster. It was a little bit humorous, a little bit like... What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it was a little bit camp. Camp Camp was the word I was looking for. And it's just a little bit kind of like, oh, here's some fun things and some (laughs) like cutesy characters that you can get to know for an episode. Whereas Orphan 55 is like, we're trying to be really serious and talk about climate change. And then it was kind of like, yeah, but the fact that you took yourself seriously made it awful. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the thing, and, and honestly, because we've 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 opened with the big question, we weren't gonna we weren't gonna tease you throughout the course of the episode. This is the big question: Is it the worst episode of whoever? And Amy and I both agree, no, no. it's not. It is down there. It's nowhere near redeemable, even by today's standards and the stuff we've had to deal with in in the interim between this airing and this day right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that actually answers Adam Busby's question on Twitter. Loads of questions this week, yeah, we which do. I'm not at all surprised about. Thank you for all of your questions. This is this is uh, we'd love to see this many questions for every episode. I know not everything lends itself to having this many, but yeah, also, thank you for all your questions, Adam. Adam Busby straight away says hi rich and amy what is the worst doctor episode ever made and why is it love of monsters uh, it's not it's not <laughs> not if you we're gonna we're gonna pick that apart right now but amy <laughs> what, what 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 was that oh i was gonna say hello to anybody who may have now come across from the youtubes um yes because i went on a bit of a commenting rampage last week and <laughs> after we recorded the episode i went on to uh the girl in the fireplace episode on youtube which is on who culture and i basically commented and was like so to anybody who thinks this died it didn't we're still here we're still <laughs> making episodes we're back on spotify and apple podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts so um yeah so hi if there's anybody who's come across from uh the youtube side of things if you have come across from the youtube side of things and you've just started re-listening to us you might be a few episodes behind this one so you might not catch up here in a few weeks however if you have listened to us from then until now and you've come from youtube tweet us let us know. I would like to see how many people I've have just, come across from I've YouTube. I've just gone and uh, look at, looked on the on the Twitter. We've got Vicky, Gary, Nerd, and Richard all posting there saying, "Guys, the podcast is back. It's over here." So thank you, for, thank you, you lot, for telling thank everyone you so on much. YouTube. If people <laughs> have been going back to Who Culture and trying to work out where we've gone, where things thank are. you for 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 letting people know because. As said last week, I would love everyone who did watch it on YouTube to come over and find the new one, but I can't go to where they would, I guess, expect to find it and yeah. tell them where it is. Because you can't promote it. I can't do that. Even I though can. 
I honestly think I might still have access to the channel. I mean, you probably... I've not checked, but I just might... Just post some it on the community not that tab. I will. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, they'd even notice. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opening that door. Oh, boy. Hack it. But yeah, welcome, welcome everyone, and thank you. Uh, if you are new and you've you've caught up with our... This is our fifth episode back. Um... It's like kind of, I've kind of made it confusing on our on our end. Yeah, because we've labelled the first episode, episode back. Four for yeah, us. we've labelled the first episode, episode back as episode zero. So now we're on like episode five, but it's episode four. So episode it's weird. five of this new reboot, technically four in the way we number it internally. I guess. Don't worry but, about it. Yeah. All you need to basically, know is it's episode five. Basically, Adam, uh, that's your question answered. It's not the worst episode of Who ever. That title that accolade still belongs to orphan 55 we've got a long time in the podcast until we get to that one if anybody um, hasn't watched it i highly recommend you don't watch any other of jody's episodes and just go straight to orphan 55 and see how you cope with it <laughs> i would love no to hear i wouldn't the say reaction. that no i i because i i think no don't do that i disagree <laughs> go and, if you've not if you've not watched jody at all because you fell off it because it's a new doctor that happens um if you fell off it because you're like oh my god the doctor shouldn't be a woman f you quite frankly if you're uh, up for a bit watch of, it anyway. uh, if you're chaotic neutral go straight and watch there, there are there's some, there, there is good there is good stuff in jody's series it's not all complete piss like people uh, say it is it's not all completely dreadful there are some there are some glimmers some saving orphan graces 50, orphan 55 is a turd in sort of room temperature water yeah, it's not nice. So it still kind of turns the whole water brown. But it's still but... lumpy bits in it. <laughs> That's a very strange... I kind of back myself in a corner analogy-wise there. But anyway, the it... reason why this isn't the worst episode of whoever is because there are redeemable features of Love and Monsters. Small, And there are ways that you could fix it. And that does actually tie into a question that I do have from the Twitters. The Twitters. um, Which we will get to a bit later on, as we normally do. We usually just do the episode discussion and the questions at the end. But uh, so... The, the first thing that uh, if you if you are watching this the first for the first time ever as said around so apparently a quarter of people who answered that poll haven't seen who all the way through may not have seen it at all I don't know um the first thing you'd need to know about this is this is an episode that is deliberately dr light and that wasn't an artistic decision that was a logistical decision because the whole production of the series got squashed a bit and they had to kind of double stack episodes because they basically shot this in the same block as the episodes we've just covered, which were the Satan, uh, sorry, Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. So they had to do something Dr. Light and Davies took that in a direction and said, hey, let's do something that explores the story of some people who aren't the Doctor and their companion. Do you know, I didn't and they've know done that. It. Since this episode aired, they've done it multiple times and honestly the next two examples you get of dr light or companion light episodes over the next two series are two of the best one of them being one of the best episodes of whoever blink and midnight oh yeah 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 are uh, phenomenal phenomenal doctor phenomenal telly yeah quite frankly so yeah we'll get to that so that's why this episode feels so different so it centers on elton and his adventures with Linda and finding the Doctor. And I love that concept. Mm. That is the first redeemable feature for me. 
the idea that you, that you can go and see normal life happening. We've discussed this over the course of series one, going back to the the powerless state and seeing what's happening with Jackie, seeing how the world has moved on around the Doctor and Rose at this point in time, and just seeing it happen, seeing life as we, I guess, we would know it and how the Doctor ties in to that, not how real life ties in to the doctor's travels yeah. it flips mm-hmm. it on its head so yeah it, it changes it changes things about it explores a, a different thing and it's <laughs> with elton who i bet you if they recreated that now he'd full-on be vlogging and asking people to smash that like button oh, there's yeah. no reason why he's like video logging this himself i get that it's an interesting means of bridging the narrative of the episode but in the context of 2006 it's like well, maybe he yourself? was just like recording it for memories. So it's kind of like future me. Maybe. Hello. Or my kids. Hello. Or who the bloody hell is he going to have kids with? Um, we'll ig- get to that. Ignore that part. Um, <laughs> uh, or maybe he's... He's call his kid Pebbles. Or that's vile. <laughs> and also, no. Um, maybe he was recording it because he was going to stick it on the interwebs i mean the interwebs back then were like it was all blogs and myspace it was, i mean did you see um ursula's pixo style <laughs> Mate, <laughs> website myspace blog great i loved using anybody PIXO. that is old enough to remember pixo hit, hit us, us up, up on twitter did you know. have a pixo website back in the day because they have were loads. the tits like i had one and i just kept adding page after page after page after page and most of it was just sticky like not sticky like emoji glittery stickers that were like oh god awful. yes they were awful <laughs> it was just gifs and gifs and gifs and gifs oh. and gifs I couldn't remember people who you... I mean, I used Pixo a lot, but I'd build a website and get bored and just mm. move on to a new one. Yeah. Could you pay to get .pixo.com removed or was it just... That was it? Mm, uh, honestly, I wouldn't know. Like, I would never... I can't have, I can't remember. I would never have delved into it that, like, deeply because all I literally used it for is pictures of glittery lips on a page and maybe some, like, music samples or something. It was I like... Mean, the probably why most of our generation ended up being such technology whizzes because we all had Pixo. <laughs> Flipping Pixo, man! What a throwback! That is a that is a proper blast from the past. But yeah, so maybe yeah. he was vlogging to put on his Pixo website. Who knows? <laughs> Eltonpope.pixo.com. Go <laughs> check it out. And oh, I bet somebody's made like a parody Twitter account of Elton Pope. Like I, the world of Docky Who Twitter has been reopened to me. And just the amount of like, I can't say the the the, the specific term poop posting as poop it were. Poop posting. Um, with Doctor Who, it's honestly hilarious, and I bet you somebody's made an Elton Pope stand page. If they haven't, then maybe that's another T-shirt idea. For this Yo, podcast. it's there. I, it's there. Has somebody made a? Has somebody made an Elton? It's Pope? literally called at Elton Pope, and it says rediscovering the world after meeting the Doctor because the world is so much stranger, so much madder, so much better. They have. Two no way. followers. <laughs> At um, Elton Pope. Yeah, there's one. Oh my god! Yeah, one follower, and they are following two people, and they've How? they've never tweeted anything like ever. How have you had this Twitter account? 
What's that? Since since May twenty, it took somebody five years. It's got a Facebook to make profile at, link to, to make it. at Elton Pope. They've got a Facebook they've, page. They've made a Facebook page. <laughs> but there's nothing on the Facebook page either. Like it's not. They've not posted oh, on it. Oh my god, what that is absolute, amazing! I mean, incredible. Somebody's also actually a met an Elton Pope Twitter page. That's incredible. Who's following it? Uh, Benjamin Brock and Sally Sparrow. Oh my god! What? At Sparrow Sally, and who are they following? Uh, They're following Elton Pope, E L O underscore Elton. Is there an who has eight followers? Oh, and they've actually tweeted. Yeah, on the 11th tweeted. of April 2020, they tweeted <laughs> they not feeling channel. motivated to continue. Elton Pope has one subscriber and has a featured channel of ELO. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Elton Pope. I used to make videos on strange conspiracies in the United Kingdom and I was an active vlogger. My original channel was deleted due to an organisation known as UNIT. Well, now I'm starting over. I'm a transport manager at Rita Logistics. I adore the Electric Light Orchestra. Yo, dude. Further down, they've created a fucking website that says, who is Doctor Who? When you click on it, it says, have you seen this man? It's got contact it's, Clive. It's, it's Clive's website. <laughs> I know. This page oh, is you know much what? better. Hats, hats off to whoever it is that's made the Elton Pipe Twitter, right. YouTube, Facebook, and actually linked it to... Because I'm pretty certain that contact Clive page... Was either made by a fan or it was actually made by the BBC. I can't remember. Who knows? Right. So his first ELO underscore Elton on Twitter, their first tweet was, Hello, Internet. I've had to make a new Twitter account due to my original being hacked by someone named Unit. Sigh. <laughs> what? I'm just going to tweet them on the Escaping Gustavus account and just say, Hey, at Elton Pope, you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so yeah that's uh that <laughs> that was a deep dive that was a deep dive into elton pope poop posting elton poop posting yeah i've got completely lost track of what i wanted to talk about so uh not a clue. the redeeming the redeeming qualities of love and monsters and one of those things is the is the concept the idea of seeing the people who are involved with the doctor and how it affects their lives and just people i mean people get obsessed with these silly theories anyway like nowadays you still have people who are convinced the vaccines cause autism and the earth is flat and you're all flipping idiots but like people like that exists and this is dr who leaning into that whereas in 2006 it was definitely seen as more of a crackpot thing rather than a more mm. mainstream thing like nowadays but anyway that's that's modernizing this in the same way i think elton pope would be absolutely rolling in it if he was on tiktok but anyway yeah that's not that true I know, not that i know tiktok i know literally it nothing about tiktok and i don't ever like, intend to know anything about tiktok ursula um, would be doing clips like how i style my glasses and like this is my boyfriend doing my makeup for me yay <laughs> i need 14 layers of foundation to not look great let me show you what my standard day looks like i'm a slab <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, Philip. I'm a slab. I'm a slab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if anybody Russell, is a Russell Howard fan. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Look at Welcome me, Elton. Back. I'm a slab. <laughs> Welcome back to the Escaping Costebra Slabcast. Um, but yeah, so. redeeming qualities. <laughs> <laughs> right we'll get we'll get to getting the suck from a paving slab in a bit i'm sure we're... 
I love the idea of the the world of the of the Hooniverse being seen through different eyes. It's really quite cool going back and seeing the events of Rose, the events of Aliens of London, and the events of the Christmas Invasion all taking place. I bet you those extras when they were like, right, we need to film Elton going through, through down the shops and getting attacked by a shop window dummies. I bet you those extras were just like, oh, for Christ's sake, these bloody costumes again. Yeah. Got to put the prosthetics on to do this. Already done this. <gasps> yeah, I know. But I love that that concept of, of going back and retreading it. He didn't just, he could have just referenced it and mm. we, the fans, would have gobbled it up. But the fact they went through the effort to go and put Elton in that universe and really make it clear he was there, he experienced this and, and that alongside seeing the doctor when he was young mm-hmm. that's sparking his want to find the doctor and in typical 2006 fashion they find blogs and email each other to, to eventually because meet up like in 2006 the internet was a much more trusting time <laughs> because there was like four people on it and I, I don't know how many of them were pedos apparently none of these guys wow although, Mr. Skinner. Mm. although how old is rose now like 20 in the show, uh, yeah. So that means that twenty El- that Elton having a picture of Rose in his pocket technically can't be a pedo. So we're all good. I, I, I love that <laughs> that point when when Jackie confronts him after giving him the Hakuna Matata's eyes for a good like five minutes of montage. Literally, um, Ra- it's literally like I know you're after the Doctor, not immediately just like pedo. Yeah, and just gives him. P- bashes the pizza out of his hands. But also, can we just talk about the fact that they used that same picture of Rose that is not a picture, it's a screenshot from one of the first episodes? <laughs> it just, it's. Did I mention this last week or is it something I said to you? Specifically. I can't remember. The, the idea that they don't ever seem to be able to take pictures of characters to just use rather than using stills from the show. Like, they will have had tons of photos of Billy Piper from episode one for reference photos. Yeah. I think you said this to me. That they take on, on a film podcast. set. I think I said this to you. Like, they would have had all these images and yet they choose that one. But admittedly, yes, it's got Rose, it's got the TARDIS in the background, which would obviously spur Jackie to realise he's not after my daughter, he's after the blue box. Mm-hmm. Um and you know conceptually would there really be a picture of rose and in, in front of the tardis that she could just be that would just be available that victor kennedy found probably and so on but i mean no i mean it's but, quite a dramatic photo as well like she's turned her hair's bone in the wind she's all shocked and oh my god but i just wish they would just use a different bloody photo <laughs> yeah oh uh, it, it's that little that little bit of laziness that you find but again this was basically a crunch episode. They just needed something. This is mm-hmm. this is basically the boomtown of this series. Yeah. And if you put these two next to each other, I bet you've all got a lot more respect for Boomtown. Oh, definitely. Because Boomtown's great. I will I will not hear a bad thing said about it. I think Boomtown the problem with Love of Monsters is, and obviously it doesn't take itself too seriously. There are some good jokes in there, like the mm. the Clom joke is a solid. Um, but I think the problem is, is it's also just kind of not written too well. And I know that obviously they had to work around like the competition winner and their monster idea. And the monster itself, not really an issue. Like, you know, you could make no. a monster like that, that's fine. But it's like the, co- the whole kind of, it seems as if 
they gave the kid like the basic script and were kind of like um like oh here's the basic plot idea kids write a script and the kid's gone we must mention eczema we must mention eczema we must mention obviously i'm joking like i'm being the the kid didn't get a script no no no. i'm being sarcastic like what i'm saying is is that it seems like the child also wrote the script because of the fact that they're constantly like no you mustn't touch me the eczema the eczema and they mention it about 50 times i get it it's supposed to hit i'm that he's an alien it's like it's it's obvious but like it could have been a good episode had they just changed some kind of nuancy style things about it so like he didn't constantly mention the skin condition like once you've said it once we get it like you know you can't be touched fantastic um and like elton's little nuances like he's a really like i mean i get that he's supposed to be an awkward character and all that kind of stuff but some of his lines were just like cringe like i was literally cringing while watching him say some of these lines and i was like i don't know if that's your fault or if that's the character or if that's just bad script writing but like it could have been a little bit better and i get it if they were doing it in crunch time and they were just writing out what kind of was quickly coming to mind and whatever have you but i think if you changed a few tiny little bits then it probably could have been better and i just have little gripes where i sort of sit down i'm like "Mm." Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe it's one of those things where they deliberately and obviously the, the the tongue-in-cheek the cringiness the dialogue the music like all of it the characterization it, it's all a little bit more inflated it is a bit more camp it's a yeah. bit more stupid and i think that is very clearly to differentiate it to not make it feel like you've tuned into an episode that is it's shot with that same kind of mature. It's produced, I should say, with the same kind of maturity the Doctor Who is. Yeah. But if, for example, someone might have watched that, who if you know, you know, if you watched, if you came to two thousand and five Who a bit for the first time, like we did, mm-hmm. and you got to the set, you got towards the end of the second series, and you think, wait, this is completely different. What what's going on here? Like they, I think they deliberately made it different to say this isn't normal. That you don't don't get used to this. Yeah approach even though technically the whole like i said doctor like companion like does become a thing and it it has been very successful um they deliberately change it but you are right that i think the thing that people forget about love of monsters is it's the concept the idea even down to the absorber off mm-hmm. and victor kennedy and losing ursula up to the end with ursula all of that it wouldn't have been spectacular but it would have been better. Yeah. Would have been so much better, mm-hmm. as Elton would say or whatever. Like, there, there, there are redeemable features. Orphan 55 in comparison, bin it. Mm-hmm. Bin it. Okay, Just so get rid of what it. What would you say were its redeemable features of Love and Monsters then? Because so, you keep mentioning redeemable features, but you've not actually said the what con- they are. So, yeah. The overall concept mm-hmm. is great. The idea of seeing the universe from a different perspective, an entirely different perspective that we had not seen before. Yeah. That is great. The characters. Yes, they're a little bit, like I said, they are amped up a touch. They are um, a bit overacted, I guess. But in the grand scheme of things, the characters, they are quite interesting. You've got, um, uh, not Bliss. Bridget. The other woman. Bridget. You've got Bridget and losing her daughter and, 
the the, the reasoning as to why she keeps away as, as Elton says she lives up north she drives down to London we don't know where she is mm-hmm. but obviously if you're in London everything's north well um, <laughs> but it's like yeah she drives all the way down because she she might see her daughter you've got bliss who's just this really artsy fartsy that sculpture scene is so cringe it's so but awful i it? i wouldn't it's one of those cringy scenes that i wouldn't i kind of wouldn't remove i quite enjoy seeing them I all think, going what yeah it's, sure? because it's cringy because you're cringing with them not like yeah cringing at yeah you're not cringing thing. at them Mr. Skinner and um, Bridget's sort of awkward relationship kiss. is quite cute. They awkward kiss and, kiss and it's really nice. Um, you don't feel for her in the same way as we would for, say, uh, Mrs. Uh, Moore, mm-hmm. as we, as I'll keep referring to. But, you know, you see that between them and it's nice. You've got Elton and you've got Ursula. And then you've got the stuff with Jackie. We get to see more of Jackie. Yeah. We get to see her try it on with yet another guy. <laughs> I feel like if Russell got his... I say got his way, but if Russell had to put more Jackie in, it would just be Jackie trying to shag everything that moved. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, literally skirt. the first time, <laughs> the first time we meet Jackie is when well, I say the first time, the earliest time we meet Jackie is like, oh, there's a strange man in my bedroom. I know. Anything could happen. Yeah. No, no, it can't. <laughs> I remember that. I remember. I think I must have said this in in our first episode Ooh, of this podcast. My phone just but, fell out my pocket. Apologies, people. That was really oh. Loud. Even I heard that from here. Oh, no, sorry. Not through the uh, through this podcast, but through my head, through my through the house. Yes, yeah, how dare you? Um, I, I think I said this on the podcast in episode one that 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 was a line that really got to my dad. He found that hilarious mm. when she said that. But yeah, we get we get all these characters. We get to see Jackie, the Doctor Light stuff. That idea of not having them there, that works, mm. and we know it works because they did it again and again and again and again. I mean, I wouldn't and say that Love of Monsters was probably the episode that they did the Doctor Light and they went, oh, you know what, this works, because let's be honest, the Love of Monsters I, no, no. was like... Well, obviously, Love of Monsters <laughs> as an episode didn't work, but that idea of being able to take... I oh, think yeah. It was risky to take the Doctor and Rose out of it. You From here on, it's kind of... It's sort of either or. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you see Martha, like, once in Blink. Yeah. Like, twice, maybe. Um, but that idea was there. And as I said, Victor Kennedy as a villain, the Absorbaloff as a villain, it's not overall bad. I think that the problem that it has is the way that it was presented Mm -hmm. to us. It was the way that it was portrayed. It was the way that it was written. But like I said, there are reasonings behind having it be campy, having it be stupid to differentiate it from what came before and not present it as the new norm. I enjoyed the Scooby-Doo chase. That was exciting. Yes. There uh, are, as you said, there are jokes that land. You've got Clom, you've got the Scooby-Doo chase. Um, I'm now trying to think of more examples, but uh, there Bridget, are a couple. Uh, Bliss's there are a couple. sculpture and, you know, Elton dancing around in his pants and just some of the lines where he's like, the windows blew out in Christmas Invasion. I had to make a rudimentary pulley system to get my boots. Yeah. Like, just He's this eccentric, weird-looking, strange-sounding guy, which is why... Um, he was cast. Mm. Uh, Probably because he looks Warren. very normal. He looks kind of he looks kind of odd as well. Mm-hmm. They, apparently, Russell wanted this sort of nerdy, geeky, sort of weirdy guy oh, to yeah, play this character. That's what we all look like. <laughs> apparently, we do. Uh. Yeah, but th- th- those I'd say are the redeemable features, and I, I think people have said on Twitter, and as I said, we'll get we'll get through these questions. Um, shortly Mm -hmm. but people don't like 
like I said, the, the the overall thing is this is really this is the worst episode ever. But a lot of people, apart from uh, our friend Adam at the beginning of the podcast, don't all say that this is complete trash. No, there are redeemable features. It could be better, it? but it could also be much worse. It could be better, but it's not like I said. It's not like Orphan Fifty Five that needs to be bulldozed and forgotten about. Literally, just a there are from you history. could you could re you could take ideas from that. Or just remake the episode in some other way. Mm-hmm. Honestly, as Victor Kennedy, I don't hate Peter Kay. No, as the Absorbaloff, uh, I'm not uh, sure. Surprisingly, as it was surprisingly better than I remember. I think as Victor Kennedy. The, I think the problem with him, like his transformation into the Absorbaloff, was. Well, I say transformation, like from the change between. Victor Kennedy and the Absorbaloff was the accent. And I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why this, like, just sort of jarred me so much. But because that's just kind of how Peter K sounds, is he's from, he's north. Like, you know, he's pretty northern. We all know that. And I get the whole, lots of planets have a north thing, so you shouldn't question aliens with northern accents. However, that accent is very, very strong. And because yeah. I know what Peter Kay sounds like, I feel like maybe they should have kept his Victor Kennedy style accent, not as posh, but just not as northern. Because that he still leans into the sort of anger, the sort yeah, of grotesque. Yeah. Because of it, what but he happened yeah. was he trans like he becomes the Absorbaloff, and then all of a sudden. He just kind of becomes a bit of a comedy character. And it's like, I get yeah. that maybe, okay, maybe that's what they were going for, like with the humour of like Bliss being trapped under his arse and all that kind of like, you know, whatever. <laughs> but You see, that's another joke I'd leave in because that's like, that's a that's a Russell joke. Yeah. That is, that is a joke that works. But it's just, it's like, once that accent broke out, it was like, oh, I kind of can't take this seriously now because now I'm just seeing Peter Kay in a weird costume. Yeah, you do realise it's Peter K more and more, don't you? Yeah, and I think that was maybe part of what they would change. Like, if I if I changed yeah. it, I would just make sure he didn't speak with his normal accent because it didn't work, in my opinion. That's something that re-watching this today made me think. And this is a question for all of you on Twitter, at Castapod. When you think of Love and Monsters, when you think of those really, really bad things... Do you think about the build-up, or do you only think about the Absorbaloff's reveal and Ursula, the paving slab at the end? Yeah. Because when you think of the when you think of the bad of this episode, that's what you think of. You think of those really weird scenes of Peter K head to toe in prosthetics, sprinting through Cardiff in pants, in pants with hair all down his back like it's me. Why was he wearing um, pants? Well, because he didn't use. Absorb a dick Alien junk. Absorb a schlong. But wouldn't you have just Um, found it so much funnier if they'd have just put a face over his crotch? (laughs) I was about to say, imagine you get absorbed by the Absorbaloff and you end up being one of his balls. Like... (laughs) Oh, no. Or even better, you end up, like, directly on that area and you end up having a chin like Peter Griffin. Or... Get it? Yeah. Because balls. Or you end up on the inside. You end up on the inside of his leg. And then like Or you or you or the you end up is being, constantly hanging in your mouth. <laughs> you, 
<laughs> you just you're you're the gooch. Oh. You're the smelliest bit. Ooh. I wonder if he chooses <laughs> where they go. Like, do you think he chose Bliss to go on his ass on purpose? That's a good. That's a very <laughs> good question. I think I'm gonna get hold of Russell and be like, "Yo, yo do you think? Yo, Russell. Yo, Big Russ. Get him on the phone. T <laughs> Dog. I wish I, w- I wish I could. T <laughs> Dog. T Dog. <laughs> Russell T Dog. T. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that is the thing. When you think of the bad of this episode, do you think of everything up to this point? Again, there are moments, but you. You normally just think of the end. No, I think I the, literally the chase think scene, of yeah. The 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 concrete slab. Which let okay. We're just we're gonna get. We have to get to it. He shags they a make concrete a jo- slab. They make a joke about Elton face effing a concrete slab. I mean, he literally like it would have been absolutely, with moaning Myrtle's face on it. Absolutely fine if he didn't say. We have some sort of a love life. Like, no, 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 no. There because are kids watching this. That would Nobody been, needs to know like, that. <laughs> that would have been almost sweet mm-hmm. to say that they're still together and they can still talk. We they have a just relationship say, of sorts. That's fine. You don't need to tell us you stick your penis in You don't in have mouth. to imply that you've literally put your penis in concrete. Why? Like, Why was that? I mean, I, I get, get it. I get that there are raunchy jokes in Doctor Who of this era because it's Russell Mm-mm. being Russell. We have been over this million times. But out of But T Dog, you took it too far. <laughs> T Dog, don't do that. T Dog, we'll have to just refer to him as T Dog from now on, aren't we? <laughs> T Dog. <laughs> Please don't ever, ever claim that you can stick your penis in a concrete slab. And don't try that at home, kids. That's not a safe thing to do. Yeah, as attractive want... as a concrete slab might be, don't stick your penis in it. Sometimes just walking down the pavement, just think, yeah, I'd hit that. No, yeah, no. I'd hit, I'd hit that. Yeah. Do you not? If you could see the look I'm giving him right now, it's of disgust. You can probably guess the look <laughs> that she's giving me. I wish but you could some... hear it. <laughs> as said, there are redeemable features, and those are the redeemable features, and I think that's mainly. What people maybe as I would people maybe want to hear. We've kind of been over this stuff. We didn't like the cringy bits, mm. and the ending is the is the bad bit, really. Yeah, off that that chase sequence. The other thing that got me was the whole like lead up to when he was like, "Oh, the Doctor did manage to do one last thing for me," and then it's literally a clip of the Doctor with his screwdriver being all, "If I can channel into the Absorbatron Matrix or whatever it is," the bloody Ellie says, and I'm literally like, "Are you for real right now?" Yes, I can yes, pull the last is. victim. It might not be. T- Shut up! <laughs> like, what the bloody hell is the Absorbaloff Matrix or some whatever? The absorption it was. Matrix. Yeah, I can separate the last victim, what? not a full reconstruction. No. But Elton, fetch a spade. No, I mean, Elton, fetch His a spade. Is lips a great as a spade. Line, but also, yeah. come on, really, the absorption Matrix. I mean, that's almost as bad as reverse the polarity. Ah, <laughs> oh, Doctor Who's staple brilliant stuff so yeah they're the things that we we didn't like about it and the things that we would fix and that's actually a question that we do have from uh let me find it uh well misha pier asked about what things that we legitimately like and enjoy about the episode which i think i would say we've been uh, we've been over Mm, have i said anything would you say what, what okay? What what things? I mean, I've yeah, I've been over the stuff that I think are redeemable, and the things that I do like. What what parts of it do you like, Amy? 
Um, I mm-hmm. bear with me while I <laughs> we'll think, be here a while. while I form my thoughts. Well, while you're thinking, um, Misha said that uh, they actually quite like Love of Monsters. It's a nice break from the intense two-parter we've just had and the more serious plot still to come. And that's yeah, true. I think that that's, is, that's, that's true. true. I think my favourite part of this episode is, honestly, his interaction with Jackie. Um, not from... Well, I was going to say not from the beginning, but actually the scene in the laundromat. Is it laundromat? Laundry services mm-hmm. what do we call it over here in the laundrette that's the word i'm looking laundrette. for laundrette that's um, it yeah we're british um the scene in the laundrette actually kind of makes me chuckle quite a bit because it's like oh infiltrate and, it, and then she just does it all for him um and that it's like it's good, so yeah. flash like so um jackie just like flashing you my knickers um but <laughs> i do quite enjoy that interaction between the two of them in the laundrette because that's exactly what Jackie Tyler would do. Um, and mm. then it just, like, that that whole scene between the two of them, like, the montage and everything that sort of comes after that, I think it's... You get to really dive into Jackie's character a bit there in a way that you don't expect to be in this random one-off episode. Like, if you no. didn't watch this episode, if you thought, oh, screw Love of Monsters, I'm not going to watch it, um, you would actually miss this kind of bit of development of Jackie's character, which is, like, you really do get to see the effect that Rose and the Doctor Travelling has on her um, and the yeah. kind of, like, reality of the fact that, yeah, she's just been left behind. Mickey's gone off to a parallel universe and back in the day, the two of them could have conversations about it. They could be like, oh, I wonder what they're doing now or like, let's move on with their lives. But then Mickey decided to leave and it's kind of like, oh, Jackie's kind of left on her own and she's got nothing. Like, she's got a couple of friends. But other than that, does she really have anybody sort of actually there for her? Um, no. So I really think it's like a valuable piece of Jackie's character that you get to like sort of see through Ellen's eyes, um, and obviously we as the viewer, um, what's it called when the viewer knows something or the reader knows something that um, the characters don't? There's like a term for it. Is it like something irony or? dramatic irony mm, uh, i'm not sure know. there's a term in uh english literature where twitter at Castabon. yeah <laughs> where us. um the uh audience knows something but the characters don't and as much as elton is obviously aware that like rose is off with the doctor and whatever he doesn't actually know what they go off and do like he doesn't really know that they're space traveling that they're time traveling he just knows that they kind of reappear and disappear and whatever like he can probably assume that they time travel because of the evidence and stuff but yeah i think it's um like for us as the audience we're like of course she's lonely. Like, yeah, she doesn't get as many phone calls as possible because Rose is 90% of the time probably going to die. Like, she's in danger. <laughs> she's almost, like, going to die. And that's why you don't get as many phone calls as you think you would. Um, but poor Elton's just there like, where is she? <laughs> and it's like, oh, Elton, if only you knew. <laughs> um, but also, then you also get the scene after he comes back from the pizza shop where, you know... I said to you, didn't I? I said, oh, she's been a bit dramatic. But then when you think about it, it's kind of like, actually, if you went 
if you'd met some random stranger in a laundrette and they were being your handyman and then you almost sleep with them and then you find a picture of your daughter in that man's pocket, regardless of whether or not you realise it's concerning the doctor, you would be like, dude, no, get out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, you would be like, she's my daughter, you creep. I don't care how old she is. I don't care how old you are. You are getting out of my house. And... So I kind of understand Jackie's role. Like, I'm really glad Jackie's in this episode because I think it is actually, like, a key pivotal point of the episode that Jackie's in it because if she wasn't in it, think how kind of boring that whole middle section would be. Like, that wouldn't exist. And this episode would be, A, very short, and B, a bit dull. We'd get to the crap bit a lot quicker. Yeah. So So my answer of what I liked is Jackie Tyler. (laughs) <laughs> and for me it's just the general concept of it uh-huh. basically until it got really bad so there you go misha thank you for the question um chris asked do you think the episode would have been better if it was just victor kennedy as a human villain of the week Ooh. now as i've already said victor kennedy's human form the way that peter Kennedy portrays him far better than the absorb mm-hmm. so in in one respect yes but in another how would it work? Yeah, because you'd have the motivation to have... the uh, Absorbolov has is I want to eat the doctor. I mean, mm-hmm. don't we all? Hey, hey, there it is. The simping continues. I didn't even get start it, in it once this week. week. You started it this week, right? If you've got your Escapicus Debra's bingo cards, then please tick off <laughs> Rich Simps on David Tennant rather than Amy Simps on David Tennant. Um, but that's his motivation. So, I think if if that's what you mean, Chris, like the idea of that character, that characterization of the villain should be the one that was present through the whole thing then yes. Mm. But yeah, but it kind of wouldn't also wouldn't give... Work. It also wouldn't mean that there was any necessary reason for the Doctor and that to turn up really in the first place. Like, yeah. Because it kind of misleads you with the fact that that like Rory monster at the beginning... Rory, the Hoiks. The Hoiks. There you go. Apparently they have a name. Lol. Um, Don't know why I always... I all, never forgotten the fact why that Why do you know Hoiks. that's called the Hoiks? Do they say it? I don't know, but they... Re- you, they, they no, they don't. But it's called The Hoyks. Okay. It's credited at the end as The Hoyks. Okay, and it's enough. reused in Torchwood as well. They obviously just had... I think it's in one of the cells. They probably just had a costume. They just had the costume to hand, um, yeah. Okay, so uh, they mislead you with The Hoyks uh, being like the villain of the week sort of thing. Um, I mean, it's in the next time trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Isn't it? Yeah. But uh, I don't know, because like if The Hoyks weren't there... Well, the hoiks are kind of besides the point, really, at this point. But, like, if um, Victor Kennedy wasn't actually an alien, then I feel like they would kind of not really have... Like, what would his motivation be? Like Rich said, like, why would he be wanting to meet the Doctor? Like, would he just be wanting to, like, trap him to, like, I don't know, find out more? Like, it doesn't really make sense, but as a alien villain it's like i want to absorb him and that is enough reason for it to just kind of merge the two worlds together like you need that alien element i think the only way that you could really i'm just thinking now the only way i think you could probably make that motivation work as a human villain would be for it to mirror elton something happened to victor when he was younger be it like the doctor, he's convinced the doctor killed yeah. his mother or his wife or somebody he knew when he was young, and that's why he's obsessed to find the doctor there. Two sides of the same coin, but each side is is approaching it very differently. Elton wants answers. 
uh, Victor Kennedy just wants to Revenge. shoot the guy in the face. Yeah. But then the other thing is, is then like, if Victor Kennedy was sort of becoming that, like, I want revenge, why would he then kill, like, Bridget Bliss? Uh, well, that probably would be something that would, would change. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that kind of approach would change things. You'd have more time with those characters. Mm-hmm. Maybe if towards the end there was, like, this hostage situation, for example... I don't know, Victor's like, I'm at my wit's end. I'm going to take five people hostage. Five people? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've hacked into Torchwood because Torchwood's name dropped a lot. They get a hold of Torchwood and be like, yo, I've got five people hostage. I need you to get me the doctor. Mm-hmm. That ties into the end of the series and off we go from there. And they also mention Torchwood, don't they, in this episode? They, they, they name drop the it Torchwood quite a lot. The Torchwood Files. <laughs> yeah. So that's Chris's question about Victor Kennedy being human of the week, being uh, the human villain uh, of the week, and Peter J. Tarkulich. Forgive us if we've said that wrong. If not, I apologise. Asked about uh, whether, uh, if we could redo it on our terms, what would we change? And honestly, that's kind of answered that. I was going to say, I feel like we've answered a human all Victor of Kennedy. That. Mirror Elton's motivation, and then use Torchwood as the bargaining chip to get the Doctor's mm-hmm. worth because or unit or I mean, something that, like that. That alongside, um, obviously, because the reason why the Doctor comes back at the end is because Rose gets uh, Rose. Rose is like, eat this stuff, my mother. <laughs> you upset my mum. Big, great, big absorbing alien. Nobody upsets my mum. Yeah. To be fair, I'd be Rose so in that of, situation. Yeah. I'd be like, Chris nobody upsets my mum. There are your questions done and dusted. Thank you for those. Adam Burke asked whether Mark Warren, so Elton, Mm -hmm. should have joined Torchwood after this. Being somebody Mm. who's witnessed aliens and wanted to keep on that whole detective-y stuff, he said that he's known the name Linda for a long time because he's always wanted to do that. He's seen some alien stuff. He might really enjoy it. Should he have joined Torchwood after this? Or uh, should Burn Gorman have played Owen in this episode instead. So take that concept of these events leading somebody to join Torchwood, kind of how uh, episode one of Torchwood, everything changes with Gwen. Is Bernard Gorman the guy who plays Owen? Owen. Right, okay. Yeah, Bernard Gorman plays Owen. I'm with you. Yet another slightly weird looking guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But should Bernard Gorman have played Owen? Like, (sighs) I've never thought of that kind of... I can see it. Parallel inverted commas, I guess. However... I think the whole monologue thing from Elton at the end where he's talking about, like, all it takes is one tiny little, like, touch of the Doctor. Um, And it's kind of like, maybe he could have joined Torchwood, but also I feel like after this whole experience, it kind of led him to realise that actually this life, I ain't about that life. Yeah, like, I think he's like, I, I'd I've managed to get... Peacefully shag my slab and <laughs> <laughs> just chill, have a normal life, as normal as it can be, and uh, maybe not ever go meet the Doctor again, because that was yeah. not fun. <laughs> but the idea of the idea of Burn Corman's Owen, because I love Owen in Torchwood. Uh-huh. I mean, I love Torchwood. Torchwood's fantastic. Again, I know we're not covering it on Escaping Gustavus, but yeah. watch Torchwood. It's fantastic. Um that is a that's an interesting idea, mm-hmm. and that obviously there are ties to Torchwood, the actual series. Uh, what we'll see later this series, I mean, obviously something's happening with Torchwood because Torchwood's been name dropped like nobody's business. Um, 
doesn't it kind of links into the events of the Torchwood series, but not as directly as like um, Tosh mm-hmm. being in uh, Aliens of London. Obviously, that has been retroactively tied together. That wasn't ever established, but you know, whatever. It just happened to be the same um, actress got both roles, and they were like, actress, "Oh, we need yeah. to maybe." make this make sense people are gonna pick this up like doctor who fans are big old nerds it's like doing it's like potter stuff when it's i was like, in what culture doing com- anything with potter yeah. it's like you've got to make sure everything's tied up and you everything's correct because they will eat you alive yeah. if you get things but wrong. then doctor who so, is also the like king of reusing actors and actresses like capaldi oh God, yeah. capaldi being in fires of pompeii and karen gillen being in fires of pompeii and like the uh it's colin baker was in uh I can't think of what the episode, what the story is back in the fifth Doctor's era before he was cast exactly. as the Doctor as well. So it's like, oh, uh, but, hmm. I mean, Freem free Radjaman exactly. is at the end of this series, exactly. isn't she? Like, uh, it's all, et cetera, et and cetera. Martha's, Martha, admittedly, she's in a cat costume, but that's not the point. Yeah, um, she's in it. There's just You like, have Bill's, uh, Bill's um, foster mum yeah. is the woman married to Brannigan, the cat, yeah. in Gridlock. So there's like, it's a lot. <laughs> Um, so the fact that they were kind of like, oh, we need to yeah, retroactively that's really, that's, that's correct a... this is like, mm, do you though? Mm, mm. You don't do it with anybody else. <laughs> but that's that's a that's a good episode, Adam. A uh, good episode. Good question. Sorry. Good good question. <laughs> episode. Good question, Adam. Thanks for that. Um, I'm trying to see um, if there's another question. Cameron asked whether. What 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 the f happened to Elton after this episode? Is he still doing it with paving slabs? I'd assume Probs. so. I feel like he's become a bit. You know how uh, the kid, Clive's kid, is like, Dad, it's one of your nutters. Like the idea that they see their dad in a different light. Yeah. Like yeah, I think he's got a bit crazy. I feel like Elton has probably lost the plot mm-hmm. after losing so many people and literally making love to concrete. But also, but, but also, more to the point, how do you break up with a concrete slab? Like, you literally break it. You <laughs> drop her out of a window. But like, say you were a bit bored and you were like, Do you know what? This relationship ain't really going anywhere. I'm sick of blowjobs. I want the real thing. And then <laughs> this, Said this no one episode ever. has gone downhill fast. I apologise. But um, <laughs> it's, lo- it's the love and monster though. It's bound to go but downhill. Like, what do you, like, you know, I'm just a bit sick of you. You can't, you cannot break up with a woman who's absorbed in a paving slab because she's never going to find another relationship. Peter Gabriel said it best. Sledgehammer. Just... Terrible. Here's Terrible. a question for you, Twitter. Does Ursula Blake... Ursula Concrete Slab Blake... Blake bleed? Uh... <laughs> uh... Uh... Does the back of her mouth just end? Uh... Let's hope he ain't got a big dick. That's all I'm saying. I'm assuming <laughs> if he's managing to if he's managing to shag a concrete slab pretty comfortably, I'm assuming he's got a microcock. This is gone. Well, there, off you, there the you go, rails. folks. Mark Warren, if you're listening, apologies. We've established you got small people. No, not Mark Warren. Just Elton. The character. Just Elton. Bro. He's he's gotten into character by, you know, 
shrinking his pee pee. What? You just let's just I'm, we'll I stop have, talking no now. Finally, D. Harv asks whether if we were living in the Hooniverse, would half a dozen alien incursions change your perspective on life? Right. I mean, so this is what I literally said to uh, you when we were downstairs. I said you would think that Elton would not be the only person in the Doctor Who universe to remember these alien incursions. <laughs> like, well, he's not implied to be the only person. No. but he's the one acting upon them. But do you see anybody else? In the universe being like, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when this happened? Do you remember? There's few, I few, would, but not many. Yes, yeah. I would say yeah. that I think maybe people in the universe take the approach that I think we have right now in the current state of things as we sit in this extra four weeks before, I hate to say this, Freedom Day. Ugh, let's the, once we get Once we get past the whole debacle, be it because coronavirus is still doing the thing or because aliens landed in big ben and and crashed all that and stuff the day that it ends we just never talk about it again we just forget i mean that's not gonna happen we just move that's not gonna happen because you maybe that's what it is how long that people are gonna talk about covid you you know i'm i'm dreading all the bloody tv dramas and they've already started they've already started i've already seen adverts for like could boris johnson have done more at the start of the pack oh who's who's playing boris i can't remember but uh who was it that was playing boris johnson there's literally already dramas and stuff about it it's like can we not like we're still living in it can you at least wait two years oh it's it's kenneth branner yeah i know i know and that's and it's 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 Oh, it's horrible. And I'm sort of like, look, we're still living in COVID times. Can we just ignore this for a while? Can we all just like have a break, please? Like, it's literally all we hear about on the news all the time, ever, for the last year and a half. Like, how about we just put a pause on the dramas? Everybody's a bit done with drama. Can we just like leave it for a while? Um, So if, pulling this back to Doctor Who, um, if like an alien invasion happened you know full well that it would be all the media and the news and everyone would talk about for years it would literally be like oh do you remember that uh, alien invasion six years ago yeah that was a bit odd wasn't it mate like it would just um obviously standard stereotypical british citizen there um (laughs) but it would not be forgotten about like at all so i think it would excuse me I think it would change your perspective on life because if you didn't die uh, and you were worried you were going to die and it was kind of like, oh, well, uh, there's people from other planets or things from other planets. Like, what the heckity heck is going on? You would feel very unsafe on your home planet. Yeah. Like, we feel safe-ish here that we're not going to be, like, I don't know about you, but I personally don't think we're going to be invaded by aliens tomorrow. I can't guarantee it. I mean, I hope not. But, like, in my opinion... You will have to eat your words. I will if we get if we get only. invaded by aliens on the 24th of June, 2021. Apologies to all those people that I jinxed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I, I, you are the worst, Amy. I'm fairly certain we're not going to be invaded by aliens tomorrow. Um, no. So you, would, you just wouldn't feel safe on your home planet if you'd been invaded by aliens. You'd be like, yo, is there another planet I can go and live on? Because, like, this one ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Well, they are all the questions. Thank you for sending all of those in. If you have any questions regarding the next episode, which, oh my God, it's Fear Her. Oh, I forget oh. that these are back to back. Another complete dog episode of Series 2. Dog oh, episode? Good Wait, grief. do you That's not like gonna be... it? What, Fear Her? Yeah. No. Do you not? The, the, the scribble monsters Wait, and stuff? Wait, okay, do you not like it because you actually are scared of it? Or do you not like it because it's a bad episode? No, I don't like it because it's a bad episode. Oh, I don't like it because it actually scares me. I think it's quite a cool concept. Oh, I when because when you were like, oh god, it's fear her. I was like, I no, thought no, you no. were just on the side. No, I mean, me. oh god, it's well, fear her because Cookaburra sits in an old gum tree. That's like the most oh, yeah, terrifying thing you can possibly sing. So yeah, that's why I don't like it because it actually freaks me out. Not because of the concept being bad. I quite like the concept. Okay. So that's, well, that's going to be... That's the, ep- that's the episode that I would like to have my mind changed. Like, I, I was... I obviously, I was digging for things to find in Love and Monsters that I, that I actually think are good and are redeemable. And I didn't actually feel like I had to dig all that much. There are lots of things on the surface that could have been fixed about it. But next week, will we fear her? But before we wrap up, there is one more thing I would like to mention. Another segue, another throwback, and another question for you on twitter at castapod did you or did you not watch the reboot of the basil brush show in the <laughs> early noughties on cbbc because i still have my dvd downstairs Which? i still have my basil brush bath time basil towel in the cupboard that we use when i cut my hair it's the I don't junk have like a towel, barber's it's still... thing it's that yeah it's the crap towel yeah. i still have my bath bath bathtub basil towel that reboot, because I've got the first, I think it's the first three episodes. It's the only thing I've got. Which we may or DVD. may not have sat and watched it. And we watched off. it a couple of weeks ago because I'd mentioned a joke in it. And we watched it and on we YouTube. we went back and watched it. And do you know, we watched it on YouTube and then I was like, well, I have the DVD. Let's sit and watch these episodes. I was like, hey, do it. And do you know what? Do you know it what? It was really funny. <laughs> Genuinely funny. It's actually quite At funny. At 26 but... years old, I still found it hilarious. <laughs> It was actually very funny. But anyway, the reason why this is relevant right now, this isn't just a completely random pointless segue. In the episode, which is actually episode one, which I didn't think it was, uh, it's called The Date. Oh, of Basil um, Brush you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Basil Brush. Yeah, not Rose. No. Uh, or, or an unearthly child. Um, there is a character, a very hot character, because the main sort of guardian of the two kids and Basil uh, he falls for every woman he sees. And this woman is very attractive and she has her... Is it her mum or her, her grandma? Her aunt. I think it's her. I think it's her aunt. Oh, it's her aunt. Yeah, um, the woman who plays the aunt. She's like this old, this bat of a woman, and she is actually in Love and Monsters. When Elton is out with the picture of Rose, and he asks somebody, like, "Have you seen her?" And she goes, "Oh, that's Rose Tyler. That's her. She plays this 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 aunt in um, Basil Brush in the, the episode anyway. called The Date. I think it's something like that. And honestly." That episode. He sat is there and he was so like, "Oh my god, it's the funny. woman from Basil Brush." I it's knew the she woman was from Basil in Brush. <laughs> if you watched the Basil Brush show on CBBC back in the day, please let me know at Castapod because I genuinely, genuinely loved that show. What even though the only episodes I can remember are the three that I have on DVD, I don't think I've seen any other ones. That's fine. But let me know if you watched that and if you also recognize that woman if you didn't and you know basil brush go back and watch that scene you'll realize it's the aunt who's mm-hmm. who's just a bitch until the end and then ends up like 
falling for Basil, I guess. It's kind of Do you weird. know, I think Basil Brush but was it's also hilarious. genuinely the thing that made me appreciate humour that breaks the fourth wall. Like, because yeah. I love fourth wall humour. Like, honest to God, it's one of my favourite ba- like, types <laughs> of humour. Basil Brush does it so well. Yeah, it does, well. literally. <laughs> Oh, there's a joke. There's a there's a joke. The vo- oh, there's, I was thinking they, they have like a voiceover guy in on the Buzzle yeah. Brush show, and at one point, there he says like, "Are you ready for a tale of suspense, of 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 terror, of fantastic drama and dramatic action? But first, the Buzzle Brush show." <laughs> and all of the people, all the people on set on the set, like shouts at him for being a dick. Go and watch it, please. It's actually it's act- very funny. genuinely. For a kids sitcom, it's so clever. It's actually really funny. And that scene in the the date when they have the food fight, and then the producer comes or the director comes on to think he's like, "You've got cream all over my my wide angles." Yeah, (laughs) it's so dumb. Sorry, Mr. Producer. And Castapod, do you want to shag a pavement slab? Would she bleed if you beat? Ursula Blake in 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 slab form with a sledgehammer. And did you watch the Basil Brush? A very odd conglomeration of questions. At Castapod, and also your questions for next week's episode. Fear her. Next week, next time, whatever. We've done two weeks in a row. I think we're on. A, I think we're on a bit of a roll I mean, here. Because after knows? that, because after next week, it's going to be the end of series two. No way. Yeah. What? Uh, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. I mean, admittedly, we did and have... Then series, and then our Series 2 retrospective. I, I'm thinking like, oh, Series 2 went really quickly. No, like we literally had a six-month break in between half of it. So. <laughs> well, it's because obviously we've done... like It's been quick to get through it since we've come back yeah, because yeah. we've done two-parters together. Mm-hmm. And obviously Series 2 has got two two-parters. Mm-hmm. So, so what? We've got Fear we Her and then what? Fear Her and then Army of Ghosts Doomsday as a two-parter. Oh, Yeah. That's it. Do I remember that episode? Do I remember that episode? What? Army of Ghost Tombstone? Is that like the episode? That's that's the end of the series. Is that okay. I think yeah, yeah okay. I'm that's with you. the bit where the end of it where you're gonna just sit there and cry for a I'm bit. I'm with you. Yeah. My that, my problem that. is I'm confusing the end of the series with the end of Tenant, and I'm like, wait, no, that's not the front of another like two series. You're a little bit ahead of yourself. There. Like three series yeah. or something. But, but yeah, that's going to be next time. Uh, send us in all of your questions, answers, and whatnot at Castapod. Would you buy merch with uh, Tea Dog T- <laughs> on it, or lunch dinner egg, or whatever other random bollocks we talked about today? Either way, we appreciate seeing your tweets come through. So please, do you know do what kind of merch Castapod. I would buy? You know when people? What? Sorry, I'm dragging this out, but you know when people buy merch and it's usually like big slogans and like icons all over the top so i feel like they're a little bit kind of like 2000s like merch like we need to upgrade we need to come into the modern era day so you know what i would buy i would have just a t-shirt with a little pocket or just on the left is it like lapel not lapel but like on the breast. left breast there you go yeah. um just a little circle or like a little string of you know when you see those tops with like live laugh love but like not like cringy Ooh. um I would literally, yeah, just have in in small writing on the left breast, lunch, dinner, egg, and just have it literally, that'd be it. And then, like, maybe a little thing on the back that said, like, hashtag escaping Castapod or something like Castapod and that would be the merch that I would design. (laughs) So that's that's the next, that's the other question at Castapod on Twitter. Because I have done a lot of merch design in the past. (laughs) Do do you want some merch? Because I will make it 
happily. And if you did buy it, it would be supporting me and Amy directly. We'd put some concepts on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, because like, know we don't if, make let, money. Let off us this. know if you would. Yeah, we don't make money off this. We do this out of out of the good of our hearts, and also because we enjoy doing and want to do this podcast for a long fun. time, as we said. But if you genuinely would buy merchandise. What would you want, and would you buy it? Yes or no, and what would you like? Yeah, to see? like hit us up with some any, design uh, ideas. Have any quotes? Have any quotes that we have said, or any concepts, or any dumb stuff that you just that's just stuck with you that you'd want to see immortalized on a mug or a t-shirt? Let us know. Or a sticker. At Castapod on Twitter. Amy Pass. Yes. Where can people find you and all the stuff you do? You can find me on Instagram. Or Twitter, but I don't really tweet on Twitter. Um, Instagram no. mainly at Ames underscore Elizabeth. Um, and also at Amy Cakes Baking. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at PickupChangeToe, but mainly just tweet at Castapod. It's much easier to remember. Yes. Castapod. K-A-S-T-E-R-P-O-D. Castapod. Castapod. Until we see you again, which will be for Fear Her, either next week or the week after. Like we said, we're sticking to at least maximum of two weeks between episodes unless something really bad happens, in which case we'll let you know on Twitter, at Castapod. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Have a good weekend. Yes. It's Friday night, if you're listening to this on launch. I was going to say, Have it's not. It's weekend. Wednesday. <laughs> but that's up, when we Amy. record. Hello, future people on a Friday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We will see you very soon. Take care. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye-bye. I waved. You're waving I at the, waved. you're waving at me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>